The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. How's it going, Tiger football fans? Welcome back to the Tiger Football Podcast, where uh, we are here with Mark Giannato, that's me, the sports columnist here at the Commercial Appeal, and Evan Barnes, our football beat writer. Uh, We have two people in the room today. Jason Munns is off on vacation somewhere glorious. Um, He'll be back next week. We're getting ready for Georgia State. Memphis plays them on Friday night, and we're coming off kind of a disappointing loss for Memphis to Navy on the road, 22-21. Memphis coughed up a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter. There were some questions about Mike Norvell's play calling, some questions about Brady White, the new quarterback, some questions just about you know where this season heads at, heads to that at this point after an early loss. Even though uh, here in this room we kind of told you to brace for this, this there would be some bumps in the road early in the season. Although when you saw how that Navy game played out, it was a game that Memphis should have won. I mean they're up twenty one nine with eleven minutes to go, and then Patrick Taylor fumbles, and the whole complexion of the game changed. And down the stretch with a chance to take the lead, there was some questionable play calling, some poor decision making, and and ultimately Memphis left Annapolis with a loss, a division loss that, you know, changes the complexion of the season a little bit, although there's still a lot out there for Memphis to do. It's just one game. Evan, now that you've had a couple days to reflect, what did you make of this loss? What what was your biggest takeaway from this game? My biggest takeaway is a number, four turnovers. I think that pretty much was what this game came down to. If Memphis doesn't turn the ball over, there's a good chance they win this game. I know it's an obvious statement, but they fumble on the first play of the game. That gave Navy a chance to get a field goal. You mentioned the Taylor fumble. That was in in Memphis territory. Navy went down and scored right away on that brilliant run by Malcolm Perry, the Navy quarterback. You don't turn the ball over as much as they did. You can win this game. And as as we've talked about, Taylor doesn't fumble that ball. Maybe Memphis goes down and scores. The league gets bigger. Navy's got to play from behind more. Maybe they have another turnover because they got to pass the ball, and that plays into the secondary's hand. So I, I, I keep going back to that because I think people have been so caught up in the the play calling. And obviously there were some some questionable play calls that were made probably, but ultimately it, it goes back to just the way that Navy lost here a year ago. Navy turned the ball over five times on the road. You're probably going to lose the game. Memphis turned it over four times. You're gonna probably lose on the road with that, so that's probably my biggest takeaway, and that's probably why during this this week they've reemphasized ball security a lot more at practice. And the guy said to us today about just you know it's always a priority, but now it's an even bigger priority. So I think that's the biggest takeaway. I think the defense obviously was really impressive. I thought they did a good job containing Navy for the most part in the rain as well. I mean, they held Navy to 264 rushing yards, which was less than last year what they did. So overall, I think that. Memphis has more positive takeaway as much as negative. So what do you think? Well, I think, and I think I wrote this in my column after the game, the turnovers affected the outcome of that game more than anything Mike Norvell or Brady White did or didn't do. Now, that being said, you know, obviously the coach and the quarterback get a lot of scrutiny always. And the coach didn't have his finest moment at the end of the game. And he admitted it afterwards. He said, this one's on me and said he wanted that whole last drive back. And then Monday he said, 
you know, situationally, there's some things I need to improve on. And, you know, he was referencing the end of the game. Daryl Henderson was a beast and only got, what, 13 carries? Is that right? 13 carries. 13 carries. Um, was averaging like eight, nine yards a carry and 16 yards a carry. 16 yards a carry. Eight, nine yards a carry last season and 16 yards a carry in that game. And on the final, what, three plays of Memphis's, you know, three, Memphis's final three offensive plays, he did not touch the ball. And just in general, I know Patrick Taylor's a nice player and he's really good around the goal line. But I'd like to see Daryl Henderson just in general get more touches. I mean, he he averaged eight, nine yards a carry last year. I'd like to see him touch the ball 20, 25 times a game because he's an NFL running back. Patrick Taylor might be, but Daryl Henderson is. And I just I, I think they need to utilize him more. But going back to that end of game situation, you know, Mike just didn't make the right play calls there. And, you know, Brady White just didn't finish strong at all. He was twelve of fourteen to start the game and was 5 of 5 on their first touchdown drive midway through the second quarter and from that point on he was 3 of 11 for I think 26 yards and that's just not going to cut it. I you know, he was a little banged up. He, you know, he rolled his ankle. Someone rolled up on his ankle in practice last Tuesday, but they haven't been using that as an excuse. They didn't use the rain as an excuse. He just didn't play that well. And I think they're still trying to figure out what he does best. They're still trying to figure out what they can do with him. Um, they're still trying to figure out what this offense looks like because Tony Pollard hasn't really been a big weapon so far because he's been banged up. And to me, the conclusion I've come to is they need to lean on Daryl Henderson a little more until someone shows they can stop him. But I think they'll grow from this experience. And I think, you know, we, we all in this room predicted they were going to lose to Navy. And the reason I predicted it is because when you have a first-time quarterback, they go through ups and downs. There's going to be games where they look bad. and and there's going to be moments where they look bad. And I don't think this is going to be the last time where Brady White is going to look bad or look, you know, struggle a little bit because he's a first-time starter. And that's what happens with first-time starters. And I think as this season progresses, we're going to see this team find its way more, especially offensively. Um, and, and if there is one sort of golden ticket, so to speak, that you took from this game, other than Daryl Henderson is super fast and 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 bigger and maybe better suited for the long haul this year because of the weight he put on, is that the defense did look good. I mean, the defense really held it together for this offense for three and a half quarters and, you know, broke down a little late on on that 13-play, 56-yard touchdown drive, but they'd been on the field like 40 minutes. I mean, there's not, you know, you can't really expect your defense to do more than what they did on Saturday. So it, it's it's... It's a double-edged sword because, like I said, you take out that Patrick Taylor turnover, I think they win the game, and I think they win it going away. I don't even think it's like a close game. That that turnover changed the entire complexion of the game. At the same time, you know, there are some things to be concerned about with in terms of what Mike did at the end of the game and how Brady performed in the second half. And that goes back to what they said. They need to, to finish. And somebody brought it up today. Like, how do you – I think you may have brought it up. How, how does a team learn how to finish? And I think – it just comes from these kind of games. I mean, let's look at the schedule. These next four games, Memphis should be in good shape to win, not just win, but win convincingly probably. So the way to finish is, I guess, you have to go through the fire. You have to make those mistakes. And to be honest, I think it's going to make them stronger going forward because this is what, you know, their first real test of the season. We all knew it was going to be tough. So I think for them, 
this is going to be a game they have to build on, and they probably will build on, but the question is, how will they do it, and will these next few games give them a chance to really build on it in a way where it can be effective before the UCF game? Well, I think these next two home games are really important before they play Tulane on the road. Just This is, this is a chance to... To find, I don't think they really know exactly what their identity is on offense. I know they're they're saying you know they have all these playmakers, they have you know they have this scheme of mics that's really good, this up tempo look. But with a new quarterback, I still think they're trying to figure out what they do best. And these two games coming up against Georgia State and South Alabama at home are a chance to figure out what is our bread and butter, what do we want to do moving forward. I think you know. To me, it's it's run the ball more. At the same time, they this offense is built around RPOs, run pass option plays. And if a de- if the read is you know the defense is telling you to throw the ball, that's what you do in an RPO offense. And you take the good with the bad. I mean, this offense has worked so well for the last two years with that concept as kind of its foundation. And I don't know if you just go away from that just to force feed the run. Sometimes teams are just going to force you. I think what you are going to see moving forward until Brady White proves that he can beat you downfield is I think you're going to see teams start to load the box a little more and dare Brady White to beat them. because And and we'll see whether this game that we saw the other day was, you know, he was having trouble throwing because of the rain and because his ankle or whether he was struggling because you know maybe he isn't a great downfield passer, but I I think it's too soon to to make a total judgment on him. I tweeted this on Sunday. I mean, I went and looked up Riley Ferguson and Paxton Lynch's number Lynch's numbers from their first road games, and you know it wasn't pretty either. I mean, Riley Ferguson had three interceptions uh, and no touchdown passes in his first road game, and Paxton Lynch was I think like nineteen to twenty seven for one hundred seventy something yards. One TD and two interceptions and a loss to Middle Tennessee State. So it you know, and they went on to do great things at Memphis. So to form a opinion on Brady based off this one game, I think is foolish and short sighted. At the same time, I think everyone's so disappointed because yes, it was a tough game coming into the season, but then as it played out, I mean, it was right there for the taking. Um, and really, it was more to me. It was more Na- Memphis lost the game than Navy won the game. And that's what I think fans left so disappointed about. At the same time, you know, it's one loss. They lost their first AAC game last year. It wasn't a division game last year. But I think what we saw from Navy on Saturday told me that, and what we saw from them in the first game is that they're not going to go undefeated through conference play. They have to play UCF, I believe. I think they have to play Houston. Like, there's a good chance they lose two conference games, maybe even three. And so all is not lost on this season. I, You know, you can still win the division, but Memphis is obviously going to have to improve. And I think this will be a good impetus for it. I don't know. What did you think of what did you think of the reaction to the loss? I honestly was we honestly said if, if they lose to Navy, people might feel like the season's over and they're going to stop caring. I was surprised. I went to the radio show yesterday with Mike Norvell and recording this on Tuesday. People came up to me. They were really, you know, upset. They were a little bit kind of just disappointed because they felt like, like you said, this is a game they should have won. It was the game that they should have come back to, oh, beat Navy at home, rah, rah, rah. And people were upset. People were just kind of like, you know, how did we, you know, it still burned them a little bit. I could tell shaking one person's hand, he just, I, I, I almost didn't want to ask him about the game because he just had to look like we should have won this game. But I think, like you said, I mean, Navy has to lose two conference games for Memphis to even have a chance to get back 
into the AAC US title they hunt. Will. And looking at the schedule right now, Navy's got a Navy host Houston on October 20th. They go to UCF on November 10th. Those are two games I think they will probably lose and they may lose another one. So I think I don't think people should worry too much. I think the season is still young. Memphis has a chance to get some momentum rolling into UCF and then let's say, you know, the UCF game breaks a certain way, everyone's going to forget about that Navy game at this point. So I think people just need to relax. I know it seems, you know, like the sky is falling, but there's still 10 games left in the season. Memphis can still turn it around and who knows? Memphis, we predict the Memphis can win nine games. They're still on track to do that. So I think right now everyone just needs to let this wash over, go to the game on Friday, enjoy what should be a pretty fun Memphis performance, and then we'll see what happens these next few weeks. So you're not saying you're saying Georgia State's not gonna give them a game? They were a bowl team last year, Evan. They <laughs> that, made it to a bowl. They will they will give them a game by the fact that they had an extra day of rest. Or no, no, they both are coming in on Friday. No. No, Memphis will not have to worry too much about this game. Okay. No. We'll see. I mean, it, to me, like I said, I th- I said this all along. This team is going to have some hiccups here early. I mean, there were ex. I know there's some fans who expected them to just walk through everything but the UCF and Missouri portion of this schedule. But when you have a new quarterback, that's just not realistic. And I know they have a lot of pieces back in general, but the most important piece is not was not back. And so. There's going to be some hiccups. And and what I'll be interested to see is what Brady White looks like these next few weeks. Do we see, because it was just too hard to gauge who he was based on that Mercer game. And then obviously he didn't look great against Navy. How does he bounce back? Do we see some better throws downfield? Do we, you know, it, one thing I will say about him is he doesn't seem to make that big mistake. He had an interception on Saturday, but it was really just on a Hail Mary Although I will say what I was what I noticed about that Hail Mary is he dropped back at his own forty five to throw it and that ball only got to the five yard line. That was a little worrisome to me, but may hopefully that's just the rain, but that was telling to me a little bit. Like, you know, maybe this he doesn't have the strong he certainly does not have the arm Paxton or Riley had. So it'll be interesting. But I, I will say the AAC, you know, held held its own held its own uh this past weekend. I think U, USF won a big game. Houston Kicked, uh, destroyed Arizona's them. destroyed them. Yeah. And, and so, you know, Houston looks like it's going to be, you know, a really good team. But I think this Memphis team will be totally different. We'll be looking back at this Navy loss and it'll just be it's going to be a totally different team by the time we get to November. I think you're going to see them morph into something else. And I think Mike will figure this out. And, my, you know, I think this will be a learning experience for him, how he handled the end of the game. You know, I think he regretted they went they, they're they're so into that tempo. And I think, you know, sometimes you just need to dial it back and relax for a second and realize, you know, I just don't think that I think they went with what they do normally. And and the reality was Daryl Henderson was rolling and you just needed to keep rolling with him. The scary thing is that if had they done that, Daryl Henderson might have had at least 250, maybe 260 all purpose yards. That, that's the scary thing is that he had such a good game and that had they gone to him more. He might have put up some even more ridiculous numbers. So I think, like you said, I expect to see a heavier dose of Daryl Henderson, if not just Friday, at least for the next game, too, just because obviously he's averaging all these yards per carry. I mean, he's averaging what, 13, almost 13.1 yards per carry. Give him the ball and then let's see what happens. You build around that. And I think right now, by trying to get Brady White comfortable, you're ignoring the fact that you have Daryl Henderson, who's right there. And I think we even said before the season that if you're this offense, if you're running this offense, 
ease Brady White in by leaning on these running backs, lean on that offensive line, get these wide receivers a little bit more comfortable, and then you can just try to air it out and go all over. So I think you have the backs, use them. And I think, like you, you pointed this out too with, uh, with Riley Ferguson, I think he got rolling maybe the second half of his first year here. So I think by mid-October, maybe after the Missouri game, this offense will start looking like what we expect it to look like. The receivers will be better, and that will go on. But I think for now, be Daryl Henderson. Give Daryl Henderson the ball. Let's see what happens from there. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what strategy we see against Georgia State. And I'm actually interested to see what the attendance is against uh, Georgia State. Um, it's a Friday night game. Conflicts with, with high school football. The Redbirds are also playing a playoff game at the same time. And also, not only how many people will come, but will Memphis count the attendance correctly, I think is also another uh, big question. Um, I think they will this time. Hopefully they get the kinks sorted out. Till then, me and Evan will be there Friday night, and we'll chronicle all the action. Make sure you're checking out CommercialAppeal.com. Evan's got all sorts of good stuff up there from practice this week, something on Tony Pollard, uh, and Tony says he's healthy, so we'll see. And maybe this is the game where he breaks out. Hopefully, it's a game where Memphis gets a win because I think if they lose to Georgia State, you'll really have you know, you'll really have some trouble with the fan base here. So, uh, till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Evan. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.